Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, S.A. Hey, Ducky. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You sound a bit snotty. I know. Well, guess what I've got? You have got... Covid. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and it's no laughing matter. Um, oh. Yeah, I've got Covid, and I've had it for about six days now. I've lost all my sense of taste and smell. I've had a terrible, terrible flu, um, and yeah, not not good, Jane. Oh no, poor USA. When did this develop? Well, Jeannie got it off one of her friends. And so she got it first and then I caught it off her because it's really difficult to, you know, when you live in a flat, it's very hard not not to catch it, you know. So um, Tom got it as well. He's got it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we've we've all been we've been ever so ill. But today I'm feeling a little bit better. And I think knowing that I was going to be talking to you and I've just looked at my bees and actually that's perked me up no end. My friend dropped me some comedy large vegetables um, off the allotment because I've not been able to attend to them, tend my mm. my crop. So I've got a mm. couple of very large 10 inches, you know, courgettes. And um, yeah, so my friend bought them round to see if they'd cheer me up. <laughs> Oh, but you won't be able to taste them. I know, I can't. Jeannie uh, got me um, eating a spoonful of chilli flakes last night to see whether I could taste them, but no, I couldn't taste them. I could taste the sort of sensation, but not really the flavour, not the flavour. And then today I thought, well, I'm going to try some Arbutus honey. I could feel all the bitter flavours on my tongue, but not the t- flavour of the honey. Ever so odd. I know, I I was like, well, I still am a bit like that. My taste is coming back a little bit, but uh, it's now, uh, you know, five weeks since I got it and, mm. and it's still, still not fully recovered. So, yeah, I think it does take a while to revive. I may as well eat sawdust and string for my tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not as nutritious, I believe. I can't waste good food on not being able to taste it. I'm, I'm just going to eat. Just gonna eat weeds. No, you eat proper good food, and that'll build you back up again. Oh no, yeah. But oh, it's a mm. right, right old bugger this COVID, isn't it? Well, I know, and for us food lovers as well. Oh, no, so that's not a great thing, is it? That's not a good aspect of it. No, it's when my taste went. I actually felt um, I had a bit of a cry actually because I thought. Well, at least I could have eaten my way through COVID, but now I can't even do that. Oh, well, it might come back quicker for you, S.A. It might. Because you've had COVID before, though, haven't you? Well, I thought I did, you know, at the beginning of the um, lockdown, but this this is a completely different version. So last time, you know, I had a fever, muscle aches and a cough, and I did 
I felt like I lost my sense of taste for a day. That's all I noticed. Mm. But this time, this has been nasty like yours. A proper flu, a proper cold. Bad. Mm, it's funny, isn't it? It's funny how it sort of takes different forms. I know. Um, because um, I didn't really feel cold. I, I had a bit of a sniffle one day, but not much. It was it was mainly the cough and um, and the loss of sense of uh, taste and smell and a bit of a fever. But um, but the, the I didn't I didn't really have a proper cold. Mm. It's so boring, isn't it? Being ill. Ugh. And the thing that I really missed was when I just opened my hive. Normally, I just love the smell that you get when you open the mm. hive. You know, it's it's just so beautiful and and rich and warm. And I, I just I couldn't smell a single thing. Oh no! I don't know, but um, maybe the bees, maybe the propolis, I might have breathed in, or or the pollen, and maybe it might help. But you sound okay, actually, Esther. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it must be the magic of the bees, and. Anyway, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I opened it. I just thought I'll have a quick look, see how much honey there is and um, check everything's OK. A massive super of honey and then one about half full. And then I, I felt like I could hear a funny noise. So I thought, oh, I'm going to check the brood because, you know, I'm not expecting any unusual activity because you know this swarm was pretty new anyway i lo started looking through the frames i saw the queen and then i saw a queen cell oh it's not capped but it's just one queen cell oh you don't think they're going to swarm do you Oh, flipping it well one queen cell usually just means that they're not very happy with the queen now, right. there's a couple of things that could have been the cause of that, and that is me, because I took some uh, frame of eggs out um, a few weeks ago to help that other colony make a queen. Do you remember the one up on the... Yes. Yeah. And then I did the same again about two weeks ago. I took another frame out. So I think they're probably thinking, oh, this queen's not doing well. You know what I mean? She's not laying enough workers so maybe they want to make a, a new queen. So what to do is the plan, whether to just leave it and let them make a new queen if they want. Or number two, just think, well, it's actually my problem. It's not the queen's. So just knock the queen cell off. Or number three, try to save that queen cell because I might need it still up at the allotment. Right. I mean, if, if you think that they're a bit peeved with you because... Um you've been doing these things um and maybe don't interfere right now with them just let them sort of get on with it for a little while well i've only got a couple of days i can see that i've only got about probably two days before that queen cell will be sealed and once mm. it's sealed well number one they could swarm off but it's very unlikely because there's only one queen cell or um, mm, it's a bit difficult to know what to do. I'll have to have a little think. It's been very comforting having the bees in the garden and I've been able to watch them. And, and with all this funny weather, I don't know whether I mentioned to you last week, but I've been watching them come back when it's really rainy and it's almost like they're on one of those um, bumpy slides in Hessian Sacks and they sort of bump through the sky. I can see them coming from, it looks like... Really? Yeah. Looks like they're coming 
from the direction of Ali Pali. Yeah. And they were all coming back at the same time. And I could see them on the, you know, against the sky. And it, it was like they were all coming down a bumpy slide, you know, woohoo, all coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and it really. I'm brilliant. It really reminded me of like being on one of those fairgrounds because in Nottingham, where I came from, you know, I used to love that fairground and I used to love going on the bumpy slide. Did you? Is that like the Helter Skelter thing? Not the Helter Skelter. It's the one that all the kids go. They go up some big steps and then they get on a Hessian bag and then they oh, all... Oh, yes, yes. Isn't that the Helter Skelter? No, they all go in a row. So you can get about 10 people all going at the same time and they all come bumping down. I know. There's one in Blackpool. Is there? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, I yeah. used to love that. And that's what the bees were doing. They were coming back as quick as they could with the shopping baskets. And, oh, my God, even me and Jeannie stood and watched them for ages. It was ever such good fun. It was really good. Oh, did you film them? No, because, of course, it was bucketing down with rain. But um, Jeannie's just made a little time lapse today, so hopefully we'll be able to put it on the Instagram. Oh, brilliant. Excellent. Oh, it's nice that Jeannie's been involved with the bees as well. I know. She's actually... um, yeah, I don't know whether it's because she's just bored because she's been in isolation or whether she's... She seems like she's got a bit involved. She sent me the time-lapse right up by the hive and it was, yeah, very nice. Hmm. They're such lovely bees, these ones in the garden. I know you love those, don't you? Before I knew I'd got COVID, I saw Brian and he told me the fate of the the Manx who are in Borstal. Oh, what's the fate? They haven't died, have they? No. Well, one of them swarmed and it never got a queen. And so that became a queenless colony. Mm. The workers started laying drones. So, you know, when they don't have a queen, after a certain amount of time, the workers start laying eggs themselves. But because their eggs aren't fertilised, they just lay unfertilised eggs and they're just like drones, small drones and they don't really do anything, you know. So after a period of time, the the hive becomes just chaos. The drones mm. just eat all the honey and they all die. Oh, God. I know. They've always been a troubled colony, haven't they? They were troubled, yeah. But I think because they were so nasty and so defensive, I don't think Brian had much luck with them. And I know he, he was getting quite badly stung on his wrists through his gloves. And then the other colony because remember there was two of them. Yes. They also swarmed, so they're just a small colony. So, yeah, not been great for the Manx in Borstal. They've not behaved good there, and they didn't behave good on my allotment. <laughs> well, it's good that you got rid of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think because you love... It's the olives, isn't it, in your garden? Yeah, the olives, yeah. Because you love the olives. Um, I think I wouldn't interfere because I think that they are, are happy with the Queen. I don't know why they've done the cell because uh, obviously I don't know enough about it. Mm. But I bet they're not swarming. I bet it's something else. I, I'd, leave, I'd leave them be and just let them get on with it. But the only thing is, you see, they are behaving normally because they don't know that I took the eggs out to help the bees up at the allotment. They just think that where are the workers that should have hatched? Right. And they're not, they're not thinking, oh, it's Esther. She took them. They're thinking the queen didn't lay the eggs right. She's the one to blame. Right. Oh, poor queen. Yeah, so they're... Yeah, so they're worried that it's her fault 
And so they've made another queen cell to get rid of her. But she's such a nice queen and she's been doing so well. I know, but maybe when if, if this queen hatches, she just won't be as good as the existing queen and she'll be killed and booted out. Yeah, but remember, Jane, it doesn't work like that, does it? Because what's going to happen? <laughs> what's going to happen if that queen hatches, then that's the one that the workers all want and then they'll kill the other queen. I know, but it's working so well because of that queen, isn't it? I know. Oh, Esther, why did you do anything to them? Well, I had to because I, I didn't have a queen in the other colony. Well, I did have a queen, but she never started laying and she'd been there for two months. Right. So, you know, I've still got her in a little nuke and she's still not laid an egg. So she's not worked out anyway? She's not worked out, no. So Stephen gave me the queen that was on the end of the pole from last week. And Mm -hmm. um, he gave me the little queen. I needed a queen. So I put her into my colony. And when it was time to release her... I tried to remove the little cap that they then the bees eat through the wax, but it was really solid. The wax inside was so solid, and I thought, oh, they'll never get her out through this. So I opened it. You can, like, open it. It, like, slides open. Um, but because, obviously, it had been in the hive for a few days, it was a bit glued up with um, propolis and whatnot. I did it. I slid it, and then it popped open, and... The queen, instead of going straight down into the colony, she just flew off. Oh. She flew back to Hampshire. Back to Stephen. Oh, it's such a trial, isn't it, with these queens? Well, she obviously wanted to go back and work for the Drone Congregation Centre. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to have anything to do with Crouch End allotments. She said, no. I don't want to be in this hive. I'm off. I'm back to Hampshire. But the only problem is I don't think she'd make it because she was on her own and it's rather a long way to get back to Hampshire. Oh. It's not easy, you know, this beekeeping malarkey. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Somebody asked me recently about getting a beehive. And I went, don't, don't look into it properly before you do it. Don't. Oh, no. It's, 
Yeah, it's always a trial and it's never quite what you think it's going to be, is it? Well, no, but also you're very, very experienced. You've been doing it now for 13 years, haven't you? So, you know, you're highly experienced. I think for a newbie to come in and maybe not realise the amount of maintenance that you have to do for bees, you know, it's not like you can just leave them and let them get on with it. Well, I suppose some people do. Uh, but um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I can't remember who it was, whether I think it was Stephen, wasn't it, actually, who said, read up, you know, do a lot of research before mm. you actually do take on beekeeping. Oh, yeah. Um, well, mm. you know, um, a young uh, lad that I know who's just started keeping bees, he rang me and said that he bought these two colonies and very quickly one of them was invaded by wasps and the wasps were going in and eating all the new little brood. Mm. And it had stressed the colony out so bad. Um, you know, you just, and lots of things can happen, you know, even on Olive in the garden. I noticed there was a couple of wasps going around the other day, so I just made the entrance smaller and there it was fine after that. Yeah, but... um because, you know, it's not a massive colony, this one in the garden, but amazingly, they have actually made a load of honey to say it was only a small swarm. So have you done any more spinning since we last... Uh, uh, well, I know you've taken off some um, quite a bit of honey, but have you? Uh, how much more have you taken off since we did ours? No, um, so I, I got a few more jars after I saw you, but no, I haven't taken any off and I need to. I think we'll get another another spin. We will. Right. It just depends. It just depends on um, whether, you know, how well it's gone. If the Queen came back, if she decided, if she changed her mind at Paddington Station and came back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since I got the swarm on that, I've not really sort of, I've just left them to it. You know, I've just left them to it. I've not really interfered, but I have taken two frames of eggs and, and uh, brood out. And that's obviously what's done it. But that's the only interfering I've done this summer with them. I've not I've not touched them. I've just let them get on with it. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. But what news have you got, Jane? What's What have you been up to? Well, I've returned from Brighton, so mm-hmm. I'm now back in London. And um, it's a beautiful day here. I think mm-hmm. it's going to go off tomorrow. But... Um, it's lovely and the garden's still full of colour and it's uh, it's gone a bit wild actually because there must have been a lot of rain here. Mm. I've not seen a lot of honeybees around. I don't know what's happened to my honeybees in the garden. I think like you say, perhaps, you know, the the local beekeeper may have lost his bees, but I've still seen quite a lot of solitary bees in the garden. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, I'm missing the sea, I have to say. Oh, are you? Did you do lots of lovely swimming? Yes, I did. I loved swimming, actually. So gorgeous. And actually, because I'd, I was building it up, when I was going in, I wasn't feeling the cold at all. And my body temperature was starting to get used to the temperature of the sea, which, um, which was amazing, actually. You know, because people were going to say, oh, well, they're not freezing. And I thought, no, actually, it wasn't. It was, it was really quite lovely. Aww. So I'm missing that. And... Um, and uh, I did my bike ride, which I haven't done for ages in Twickenham today because I've been doing it in Brighton. But I got a new bike in Brighton and mm-hmm. it's really nice and light. So it just felt like a cart horse going out on a cart horse today on my old bike. <laughs> did it? <laughs> it's weird, actually, because I've only been in Brighton two and a half weeks. 
but it just um yeah everything everything feels different i mean that's what's so lovely you know i've talked about not wanting to go abroad on holiday mm-hmm. i just think just differences between even those two places mm. are just um you know it's magical actually what each place brings to you mm. you know there's so much to offer i think in 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 the uk there's so so many lovely places to be and visit oh yeah gloria's in the isle of lewis at the moment oh nice i know and um i was a bit worried because you know it's such a long way and i was a bit worried that when she was on the island um, she wouldn't be able to sort of get around but a friend said well why don't we go on hinge and see if we can meet somebody local so um Mm. they set about and they met this lad on hinge and then he was he's been their tour guide he's taken them to see the standing stones there and they've been to storn away and they've been around the island and they've got a tour guide from hinge so that's very good isn't it is is hinge not a dating site yeah it's a dating site <laughs> so did this did they go on the dating site say we don't want to date you but if you would be a tour guide for us that would be brilliant yeah i think so yeah <laughs> And they got oh, this. Great. They got this lovely guy who took them all over, and he was very nice. And um, you know, I think he, he was he, he cheered him up, and they had a good time. Oh, lovely! That's nice. It's amazing, isn't it? What you can do. Like, can you imagine arriving on the Isle of uh, Lewis when we were kids and thinking, right then, how are we going to get to know somebody? That's very ingenious, isn't it, of Gloria and her friend to think outside the box like that. Yeah. We would have had to go through the, the telephone directory and phoned everybody in, in the Isle of Lewis until we got somebody <laughs> put on different voices. Did you ever used to do that? No, I didn't. We did. We used to look through the directory and, and phone up and say, hello, hello. You know, I'm doing a Scottish voice now, but we didn't put funny voices on and say, hello, is that Mrs. Barbary? And uh, Mrs, you know, because you knew who it was, didn't you? Because you could look. Yeah, yeah, of course. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, we were so naughty. We used to spend ages. And what what did Mrs Barbara say? What did you say to Mrs Barbara? I just said, um, have you got a nice son I can speak to? (laughs) (laughs) In fact, that's how we met um, a couple of lads who lived on the next estate for us by going through the telephone directory. But, I mean, in those days, people used to, must have got all sorts of, silly kids like us phoning them up in the on the directory <laughs> oh that's brilliant i was terrible i was when i was quite young and mm-hmm. i've done a film memphis bell and I had an American agent and she said, oh, come over and stay, you know, and I'll take you and to meet lots of um, casting directors and what have you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I went all the way over there and she realised what a small part I was playing in it. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't do anything to help you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was staying in her place mm-hmm. and she abandoned me. I was there for three weeks and she just abandoned me. Oh. And there was a guy, a really sweet guy, who's sadly now deceased, called Dave, who cleaned her jacuzzi. And he took me all over Los Angeles, took me to Disneyland, took me to Venice Beach, took me to auditions. He was such a lovely guy. So, you know, you can, like you say, I mean, whether you phone up the directory or Hinge, you can meet sort of random people like that who who just turn out to be such good eggs. And and actually, you have a much better time with them because it is random like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is nice. I mean... 
there's something so lovely, isn't there, meeting a stranger mm. and just having a moment. I remember um, when my dad died, I was at my sister's and I went for a walk and I was so overwhelmed with the grief. And there was this woman walking towards me and she went, are you OK? And I said, oh, no, not I'm not. And she just like got me in her arms or started crying. She just got me in her arms and just I just cried and cried. And she said she was called Helen. I didn't know her from Adam. And then mm. she just um, we just walked for for a couple of miles down to the river. And she just mm. we just chatted and she was so nice. And then, then I never saw her again. Oh, I know. But you, you you're with her spiritually. I know, but isn't it nice? You know what I mean? That people mm. can be so lovely, can't they? Oh, so, yeah. I'm so emotional, Jane. I think oh. it must be the COVID. Yeah, but I think that those moments are much more touching than if it was with somebody that you knew. Mm. Um, unpredictable connections yeah. are, are the ones that you do remember, actually. Yeah. People are so... Lovely, aren't they? I mean, when I was, I went to um, LA with my friend who's an actress and she was, you know, nominated for um, a SAG award mm. and she gave me all her per diems and I went off to spend them at the local, like, wonderful place. It was called Freddy's, I think. It was like this fabulous store. And I think she gave me a lift in her taxi. She was off to an audition or something. And at the end of the shopping trip, I'd spent all her per diems <laughs> and I'd got my sh shopping bags full. And then um, I didn't know how to get back from to my hotel. Mm. Anyway, I, I, I was stood in the car park and I didn't have a number for a taxi. I don't think, well, I didn't have a mobile phone. And then in the end, I thought, bloody hell, I don't know how to get back. I'm, I'm stuck. And so I knocked on the window of the store and I could see a lady and she came to the door and I said, oh, I'm ever so, I'm ever so sorry, but I don't know how to get back to my hotel. Anyway, so she said, don't worry, love, I'll take you home. Where do you, where are you staying? And I said, I was staying at this really posh hotel called Chateau Marmont. It's like where Ooh. Howard Hughes and you too stayed. Ooh. Yeah, you know, it's really... I was honestly at the time of my life. So she said, I'll take you home, ma'am. And she put me in the back of a car. And when I got in the back of a car, she had about a million number plates oh. on her back seat. Oh. And I had to squeeze in with all these number plates. And then she dropped me off mm. on Sunset Boulevard and, and, and I was okay. Nice of her. That's very, very nice. That's quite unusual, actually, for Los Angeles, isn't it? I don't um, know, because it's the only time I've been in it. I had such a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just you. I remember that because um, because I'd done this film Memphis Bell when I went out there, and all the guys on Memphis Bell said, "Oh, you know, when you're in in Los Angeles, give us a call and we'll go out." Anyway, they all left town when I arrived. Oh, <laughs> there was just I think one left, and the director. Um, Eric Stoltz and Michael Kasem Jones, who were actually really lovely with me, but the rest left town. <laughs> oh dear. Well, you know, when you're in a strange place, it can be a bit lonely, but I had a lovely time. Well, I think with Los Angeles, because you can't walk anywhere and you're very, very reliant on, um, you know, so you're, you're reliant on people driving you, mm. then it's, it's strange, isn't it? And also because there's no centre to it. But I'm, I, like you, had a great time because I was abandoned. Mm. Yeah, I think I think because um, I didn't know many people out there and um, and it all went a bit AWOL when this agent said that um, 
Uh, she couldn't do anything for me. It made me really resourceful mm. and reach out to people. But I had a brilliant time. Okay. I, had a, I had a romance as well. Did you? Who with? With Eric Stolt's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's now gay. <laughs> so either I turned him gay or he was anyway. <laughs> uh, but we did have a very nice romance whilst it lasted in in um 1990 and uh it whilst it lasted it was very lovely oh that's nice isn't it holiday romance yeah i've always had actually had a really good time with in los angeles when i've gone for work related things like you obviously went and it was connected with work but then i went with my family with no no connection with work and uh, I didn't enjoy it then because I just felt, so. yeah, I felt like an inch tall, to be honest, like a, irrelevant. Mm, yeah, well, it is a bit full on. I mean, like I say, I was going, you know, supporting my friend and I just sort of had all the fun that she couldn't have because she was too busy working. And I was, I think I might have told you this before, but I went with one suitcase and five pounds in my pocket. She said, don't worry, you know, <laughs> you won't need a single thing. Just get on the plane and come. And then mm. I came back with two suitcases and ten pounds in my pocket. <laughs> How did you make the extra five pounds? I still don't know. I, I couldn't believe it when I got back. I said to Tom, I don't know how I've done this. I set off with five pounds to tip the driver and then I came back with £10. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just had all the sort of the fun times that she couldn't have. Mm. It was a laugh, actually. And, you know, I had all massages that she was supposed to be having in her room and I had them all. And I had my nails done and I had every possible treatment. It was the best time of my life. I <laughs> love I'm nice. <laughs> Maybe you should be American for a bit, Jane, now. Well, I know, but the Americans in, in Los Angeles speak like, or is it Los Angeles, speak like that, and it's really annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think it's annoying? I don't know. I, 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 I think it is. I think about the Kardashians and, and uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, when I went with my family, Dylan, my son, was desperate to see one of the Kardashians. I wasn't so desperate. Oh. Well, I never saw any Kardashians when I was there. I don't know where they were hiding. I don't know whether I can do the accent or not. But you no, know. you're going. You're going New York. You're doing oh, New yeah. York. I did go to New York. That's probably why I can only do you New York. I'm a New York girl in L.A. You see, that's me. All this. That's me. I'm in. I'm in L.A. as a New Yorker. Oh, they wouldn't like you. <laughs> they wouldn't like you. The other side of the. No, they, they they're not gonna get you. You're too arty. Oh, okay. Well, I best not speak them when I'm in L.A. Oh, I don't know where oh, I'm you're going. You're going southern. You're going southern now. <laughs> I'm going down to the deep south to get myself some southern fried chicken, and let's hope I can taste it this time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> oh, to be able to taste that southern fried chicken would just do me fine right now. All I can taste is sponge. 
I like I like you saying that, but I like you in that voice. It suits you. It's real good, <laughs> especially with your nasality. Yeah, well, maybe I'll be stuck like that forever now because the wind looks like it might change and that might be me done for. Always talking like this on the podcast, talking about bees and how they <laughs> fly off on you know, bumpy slides to Blackpool. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> well, I think that's your best accent. You're you're real good at that. Oh, good. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say one thing. Um, before I got coronavirus, I was on the allotment with my friend Jenny. You know, the one that's got all the flowers. And um, she's got these amazing foxgloves. I think they're called Parliflora. They're like an unusual, an unusual foxglove. And they were full of wolcada bees because they were sort of Mm. like, um, they had like a furry sort of opening. And anyway, Mm. it was like their own sort of world. Um, What's it called? A microcosm. It was like a microcosm and... There was the I could I could see the male wool cardaby, and he was actually using his you know he's got those spikes on his body to sort of stab other bees like and he kept landing on other bumblebees and honeybees and sort of attacking them <gasps> and then he I saw him mating with the female wool cardaby but it was ever so weird it was like. It really, it was all his territory and he was keeping everybody off it by keep sort of stabbing them with his barbs. And was he killing them or was he just, he was just fending them off? He was just sort of fending them off. I didn't see any of them die, but later um, I looked closely at a picture and the barbs are quite big, you know, they're like sort of three sort of spikes on his rear end. All right. Right. And me and Jenny, we sat there for ages looking and watching them. It was fascinating. Oh, yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah, it really was very interesting. I've got a little video, actually. I'll send it to you. Can you see it quite clearly on the video? Well, you can see them bobbing around, but... um, Oh, somebody's just... Oh, Tom's just walked in. Somebody's sent us a box of Corona Extra beer. Corona beer. Ah. There's a joke. Apparently, apparently, Corona, their sales went down when coronavirus came out. That's the only beer that I used to buy during Corona. Actually, I think it's a very nice beer. Oh, well, Tom's got some, but his face looked a bit disappointed when he just came in to show me. Oh, well, he's probably because he won't be able to taste it. Well, he's not, he's not lost his sense of taste and smell. He's the only ones that's um, he can still taste things. All right. Yeah. Well, that was lovely to catch up on our Los Angeles little uh, yarns. Oh. And we're going to have a little break because, well, you're going to get over COVID. Mm. And what are you um, going to be doing? I'm going to go to Dorset Ooh. and I'm going to go to a lovely retreat, uh, which is a dance retreat. Great. Uh, with live music, which is absolutely beautiful. I did it last year. Oh. And sitting on the Dorset beaches and swimming in, in the Dorset Sea. So, yes, so um, we're going to have a little two-week break, but we have got some very interesting guests coming on in our future episodes. Oh, how exciting. How exciting. Well, 
I know I was not my normal self this week, Jane, but it's still lovely to speak to you and um, we'll be catching up soon. Yeah, I think you have been yourself. I think you've been amazing, actually. I know how to put it on a bit. (laughs) You've even given us an array of accents. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right, Jane. Well, I'll see you soon. I'm going to go back to bed now in my bee suit. Yes, you do that, I say. Loads of love and um, and and healing and light. All right, love you loads. Bye. Love you loads. Bye. Bye. And I'll call you up whenever I'm feeling down. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield and partly recorded at The Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy Mae Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from The Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast. <laughs>